Mishke, and I come from Queens. Hey guys, it's Kadesha and Monique, and we come from Queens. Oh, so uh, can I just say something? <laughs> sure. Um, it's gonna be another positive one. Uh, it's nice outside. That's it. It's nice outside. It's sunny. Right. I'm here strutting. I got some noise-making boots on. And I just feel really good. The end. And I have a donut. Thanks, Preach. <laughs> so can I just say something? You can. Yeah. What's with the bipolar weather this year? It's like you like wear um, some nice stuff, and then the next day it's raining, and it's like too hot. It's like I don't know what's going yeah. on. It's yeah. definitely bipolar and all over the place. Yeah. Right. And I'm just I'm just trying to understand. I'm trying to figure out how to dress. Like yeah, I'm gonna too. wear boots tomorrow for sure. But I had flats on yesterday with no socks, so right. crop pants. So I'm just confused. But it was kind of rainy a little bit outside. It was, but uh, I was out early before the rain started, mm. so I had that. Yeah. So I I don't know. Let me tell you this donut right here. Yeah, it's, I just devoured mine. It was a good one. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling like going to dough afterwards. Anyway, can I say something? Sure. Yeah. Um. So hi. I guess this has been a goal of mine for 2017 was to tap a little bit more into my self care. Feel very happy because what? huh let's say what you do oh i i've been really keeping up with my manicures like okay for a long time i was just doing my own manicures at home and then they would chip and then i would get upset but i've been doing a good job at going to the nail salon because i work really hard like i work after school i work saturday school i tutor so i'm like all this extra money some of it has to go to me so um i get my gel manicures every three weeks and i feel really good about it they so, last yeah. three weeks you know, with the designs that I've been getting, they haven't been lasting three weeks, but I have in the past had gel manicures that last three weeks. Because the only thing that's supposed to happen is your nail's supposed to grow. Okay. And you just see the new, new growth. But yeah, I've been getting my manicures. My Yesterday I got my manicure, pedicure, eyebrows, and I just felt so good. So um, You had the works done. I needed my eyebrows done. Um, well, you know, I understand. Yeah, so self-care has been manicure, pedicure, and... There's this pink lemonade that I got from Trader Joe's, this sparkling mm-hmm. pink lemonade. Shout out to Judy. Well, that sounds Oh, good. right. <laughs> That's the connect. And that has been changing my life, so I'll just put it in a champagne flute and um, <laughs> feel extra fl- fancy and drink it. And that's okay. Bourgeoisie. Yes. So, yeah, that's um, that's all. Okay. So, we're in the studio. We have a guest, Nushki. Hi. Um, can you please tell us uh, a little bit about yourself? But before you get that, tell us how we like all met first off, and then about yourself, and um, about like what you're doing. Okay. So Do you remember how we met? Yes, I did. <laughs> it was in a dark night. No, um, <laughs> we actually met at the Kinks NYC, mm-hmm. and we have like a mutual friend, Alicia, or is right. it Alicia? Alicia. Uh, mm-hmm. Alicia. Alicia. And- yeah. She was actually on our last episode. Oh yeah, I definitely saw. I need to listen to that. It's today. funny. The first it was like so I don't know, fun. fifteen minutes is just like <laughs> the giggles and a yeah. bunch of silliness. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And yeah, like I, I felt like some type of energy when it came to like Monique. So I was like really <laughs> drawn to her and I was just like, Yeah. It was also kind of in your face. Yeah. Like, I was like we had no choice. Is anyone sitting here? Oh. <laughs> I was like, Oh, I'm just gonna start talking to her. Right. <laughs> And it worked out well because, you know, I wanted to, like, collaborate with you guys because I see how much you guys, like, work and how much you guys value feminism and just the idea of just being an ideal queen. So I was like, yeah, definitely. It's <laughs> females and stuff. Um, and the second question is... Well, like, what do you what do? You do? 
Well, I'm a blogger and I'm also a writer for Huffington Post. Um, my blog is called Breaking Denman Brushes. And I yes. love that name. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Thank you. And what Breaking Denman Brushes is, it's basically like a contradiction that I created. Because a lot of times when African-American women get into a natural hair journey, they buy products and they expect that it's going to cure them. Oh. Like it's going to manage their hair. Yeah. But in reality, it doesn't. You can't cure your natural hair. So with breaking Denman brushes, it was based off of my experience, like purchasing a breaking, um, not breaking, a Denman brush that was like $15. Wow. And I was like, I didn't know it was that expensive. I mean, yeah, it was expensive. And I watched YouTube and I was like, yeah, my hair is going to turn 3C. I'm going to look good. My baby hairs is going to work out well. <laughs> Within seconds, it broke. Wow. It broke in half. And I felt like really miserable. And that really taught me, like, nothing can make it manageable because my hair is manageable if I want to work with it, you know? So, so what, what is your hair type then? It's definitely in the natural hair thing. That's still, I'm not familiar with natural I, hair. I don't know. Okay, that's fine. Just because you threw 3C out there, so I was just wondering. Yeah, no, I'm definitely not 3C. I'm, <laughs> I'm probably in the fives if they make that. <laughs> I do not know, but um, I think we, I got a Demon brush. It was probably from some sort of, like, natural hair event we went uh-huh. to. And... I just found it amazing that you broke one because I felt that like they're pretty durable or like right. sturdy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have one too? Was mm-hmm. it? We went to something. Chi- uh, no, I had one as a child. Oh no, mm-hmm. I've I haven't. Oh. Yeah. No, I definitely felt like the Incredible Hulk after that because I was just like, <laughs> man, if I break this, man, <laughs> yeah. let me be careful with the wide tooth comb. You know. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Um. So, I'm gonna bring in topic. Mm-hmm. Topic okay. for today is feminism. What's Ooh. that? Um. So this topic stemmed from an article that I read some months ago by Chimamanda Ndiche. I believe I'm, I don't know if I'm Sounds correct. Sounds correct to me. I'm trying. Um, so we'll get a little into the article a little bit later. But before we start, I just want to ask, how do you define feminism? I define feminism as women who are advocating in like political, social, and like corporate environments for um, equal rights. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same, like. Equal rights, equal, like, treatment. And for me, it's not only, like, women having equal rights, but also allowing men the opportunity to, like, express whatever emotions and frustrations and just, like, things that they experience, too. Like, just equality all across the board, like, back and forth. Okay. You, Kadesha? Yeah, you know, whatever you I feel like we're all going to have, like, the same answer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I appreciate the fact that you highlighted um that men are a part of women's yeah, rights because, because typically when we talk about like empowerment in any in any sector, it's usually just about whoever it is that's empowering and empowering themselves and everybody else is kind of like, the way it's defined is everyone else is kind of like, you don't matter. Yeah, yeah and you know? it's not like you say like completely, well, as women we want the rights to X, Y, Z and then we don't give men the rights to just really the, expressing their emotions right. or like go, vocalizing whatever if they experienced abuse or trauma or right. things like that. People, society is quick to tell them to man up, but that's not fair. Right. Yeah. So. yeah. And initially, when I thought about feminism, I, uh, I just thought about it solely as women empowerment and men. You don't matter. <laughs> like, <laughs> let me just step on you, you to get what I need. Those. That that's what I thought of it. As yeah. Okay. So, would you consider yourself a feminist? No. Okay. Why? Well, first, I'm not really into labels when it comes to certain things. Okay, I should have answered before you because I feel like you're taking my answers. Well, <laughs> we have to go against yeah. first. <laughs> but it's true, though. Like, it's just my opinion. I don't want people to think that just because I'm a part of it, then, oh, she's feminist, so she means it believes that. It's like, no, I'm Nushki. 
and I believe this is my fact, you know? But then I also think there's certain aspects of feminism where I'm just like, I don't know about that. <laughs> like the free bleeding, I don't know if you've seen that. I have no clue what that is. No, free is. bleeding is like instead of you using no, um, sanitary know. pads. It, no, it's okay. <gasps> you just let it go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> so are you from this connection? Much like Nushki, I'd say no for the same reason. Like I, I'm not really into the label of feminism and I think because I initially attrib- attributed it with something negative, not completely negative, but I, I attributed some negative things to it. I shied away from it. And um, yeah, I just didn't want to be boxing by that term. So mm-hmm. I'd say no. Well, I'm a feminist. Okay. I'm taking on the term. But I, I'm a feminist to my definition. I totally understand. Also, I feel like just once you say oh, you're a feminist, everybody assumes that you're like completely bashing men. Right. Yeah. And just, I don't know, you want to push abortion in front of everybody's face and you want to be like, gay people have the right to do X, Y, and Z. Like, no, I'm a feminist because I believe in equality in women and men and right. treatment and exposure and just all sorts of stuff like that. But it does come with a negative connotation. And I think for me, that's for me to represent, well, it's a spectrum and like I'm on the spectrum of feminism. But that's so weird to me. Like, how come that's not considered as normalcy? What? Feminism. Hmm. Because men. Right. No, I'm joking. Because of, <laughs> no, just like, it, I mean, because of men, but just because of, like, upbringing and, like, religious foundations and, and cultural history. foundations. And yeah. History, yeah. Just what it is. Yeah. It's just crazy to me that we're still talking about this in 2017. It's crazy know? that we're talking about a lot of things in 2017, honestly. I don't think it's going to stop either. It's, it, I mean, it's up to us. We can definitely change the narrative and the dialogue that's around this to make it more positive. But if everybody shies away from the word of feminism, then it's going to stay this, like, ugly word that nobody wants to touch right, or right, be associated right. with. Yeah. So, also, I, I wanted to add on. Um, when I was, like, when I first had some exposure to feminism was in college, and that's when I declared, like, my black power. <laughs> and you <laughs> couldn't be narrative. both? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like, mm, I don't know if I can claim both right now. Like, yeah, that's, that that's interesting, too, because, like, I'm, I'm, like, a Tumblr nerd, so I was, I learned a lot. I haven't gone to art school in the city, which was predominantly white. There wasn't that much, like, black exposure, black history, so I learned everything from Tumblr. And that I learned from Tumblr too that there's feminism but then there's like within it the race part like we often do see white women come out and all women all women but a second you we had to create a hashtag say her name and white women weren't behind us with that you know yep so yep I totally understand maybe having to choose your blackness over being labeled feminist or something okay um so the definition that Chimamanda stated in that, that, no, did she say it? I can't remember if she said it in the song. But yeah, yeah. She did? It might have been in the TED Talk. I know it was in TED Talk, yeah. but sometimes I can't remember what was a part of what. Right, <laughs> right. Um, well, the definition is feminist, a person who believes in the social, political, and economic equality of the sexes. So basically what you said. Yeah. Um, so we can get right into the article now. You so, did have time to read the article, right? No. Okay, great. Teach me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you did it? No. Oh, I thought you were kidding. I thought you were kidding, too. I was like, oh, she's being really funny. <laughs> Okay, so you want to tell what it was about? Uh, no. Okay. I'm ready with the quote. Okay, so um, the article was basically about, everyone knows that Chimamanda, well, most people know that Chimamanda was featured on Beyonce's Flawless track. You recall, right? You heard the song, though. Yes. Right. You remember the whole Flawless, all the memes, woke up like this. And you remember her little sound bites throughout the song. I guess, yeah. There was a part where there was like a musical break, and there was... The, um, Chimamanda's TED Talk was featured within the song. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Okay. One. Yeah. 
Um, so, yeah, so the article basically, in the article, Chimanda is basically stating that although she allowed Beyonce, she gave her um, permission to use her, her voice and, and um, clips of the TED Talk in her song, she doesn't completely agree with the way that she used it. And um, I guess the way that she asserted her feminism and used and used um, Chimamanda's words, like she just doesn't think that they were completely in alignment. So, yeah, I would say that pretty much sums it up. Yeah, it definitely does. So you highlighted this one quote. Oh, that's what you just said, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that even okay. with her permission, Adichie says, Beyonce's usage doesn't fall oh, doesn't fall in line with her own <laughs> context of feminism and women's rights. So that was the first thing. Yeah, and I found that to be interesting because it's like, I don't know, It's a, I would assume that maybe Chamanda would have been, like, super hype. Like, Beyonce used my stuff. Yes. Like, like, I don't know, we're, like, they're on the same wavelength. Mm-hmm. So it took her a while, obviously, because this song came out in 2013, right. or the album <clears throat> came out. So now that means like three and a half years later, yeah. she's saying, "Well, I actually don't didn't think agree. with how she like I didn't agree with how she used my stuff." And it's yeah. like I imagine if she had said so, like right as the song came out, the the beehive probably would have went for, oh, her, for her sure and attacked her. And, and I she's mean, a she very intellectual woman, in <laughs> so yeah. she, she knew how right. to play it. She mentioned that in the article too, though, that people felt like she should be grateful that Beyonce gave like this opportunity, and right. now people have access to her work. And how right. she was she a writer way before Beyonce right. had anything to do with right. her stuff, like right. you know. And um, I think I just thought that was interesting. I um, actually that that particular quote is what piqued my interest in the article because like I was really taken aback. Like you you didn't agree, and and for me it was just I guess based on what the other people the critics were saying is just like Beyonce kind of put you on. I don't completely feel that way, but that's just that's just the perception perception. So I. I would say that I I respect her more for saying actually this is not what I meant. <laughs> right. So yeah. Um, well, from like what you're telling me about this story, I'm sorry. I'm kind of like on Beyonce's side because the thing is like when s- someone like Beyonce asks you for something and you give it to her, it's kind of like she can do whatever she right. wants. Right. And she and, and she she said that. Yeah, and like that's the downside of like dealing with someone like Beyonce. Like I think. Um, you can correct me, like Freak Meek or something like that, that Louisiana or that New Orleans um, type of rapper. Mm-hmm. Like, she took a clip of it, and then she put it on Lemonade, but he didn't get paid or nothing. I heard something about yeah. that. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. I wasn't. So literally, his face is there, his voice in the background, and I'm just kind of like... No credit. Even though I feel bad, but it's just like you kind of... Wait, what song was this? I think it was Lemonade. I think, like, in the beginning. Oh, it's, it's off of... What I don't even remember what song that was, but right. where she's going throughout, like, was it when she was going throughout the like Louis New Orleans thing? I think so. And she's like, you seen like people, in- yeah. Oh, yeah, and she was dancing. I have to go back now. I have lemonade still on my my DVR, so I have to go right. back. <laughs> but I definitely respect um, the author for saying it. But I feel like if she said it earlier, like I don't know, maybe it would have worked out. Um, I thought she would have been attacked. Like, yeah, I think I think it was well played. Yeah, anything anti Beyonce or seemingly anti Beyonce right. is gonna get the beehive all up in a bunch. Yeah, unnecessarily. Yeah, but I find like if you instantly like respond, it's more powerful. Like, yeah. okay, no, I didn't agree with it, but you know, three years to four years later, it's just like okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. Agree. Right. All right, that's nice. <laughs> you know. Um, do you want to read the next? one? Yeah. So the next one, it's um. A little lengthy, but Chimamanda says, um, Beyonce's type of feminism is not mine, as it is the kind that at the same time gives quite a lot of space to the the necessity of men. I think men are lovely, but I don't (laughs) think that women should relate everything they do to men. 
Did he hurt me? Do I forgive him? Did he put a ring on my finger? We women are so conditioned to relate everything to men. But, oh, sorry. Put a group of women together and the conversation will eventually be about men. Put a group of men together and they will not talk about women at all. They will just talk about their own stuff. We women should be should spend about 20% of our time on men because it's fun, but otherwise we should also be talking about our own stuff. Um, so now, why is she being candid about Flawless? Which is kind of like what you said. About yeah. The fact yeah. that it took so long for her to open up. Um, who wants to start? <laughs> this, is a, this is a very heavy quote. Yeah. Sorry. Layers. So I, I completely agree with if you get a bunch of girls and women together at some point, probably very early on in the conversation, it's going to become about men one way or another. Like what he did to me, what he did to you. Do you know that he's doing this? Maybe, I don't know. I just feel like it, it ends up happening. Um, I still haven't fully talked about this. But when I went on the healing retreat, we had a conversation about black women showing up for black women and the com well <laughs> it was supposed to stay i guess within a a political realm of that sense but it quickly went into a relationship thing and uh, we were just getting into men that we've dated family members and like maybe people that were like in education just like men around us and it went from like i said the whole political maybe like society type of conversation to a romantic kind of conversation and I, I do think that that's just almost inevitable, inevitable to happen. I mean, as I was reading it, I was I was a little um, surprised because I guess I just never thought about that, that our conversations do censor men a lot of the time. However, I will say that, I mean, that's not that's not always the purpose of our conversations. Like you and I, for instance, like we talk about so many other things well, right. when we speak and it's just like. But then you could even look at look at our podcast. Like how many right? times? I, I just thought about that. I was saying it. I mean, I I know for myself, <laughs> it's rare that I have a can I say can I say something about men. that doesn't <laughs> right? Because I mean, it's like the man on the train. I don't know why he's touching my knee. <laughs> I don't know why you think he could rub my shoulder. Like I don't know you. Why are you touching? Like it's right. it's gonna just keep happening. Yeah. I'd be like this man on the train. Now he sat too close to me. He's leaning on my shoulder because he's sleeping. I don't know. I'm not a pillow. Like. But what is it like? Why is it that we so easily default to conversations about men? Like, there's so bonds. many other. There's so many other things going on in our lives. Like with women, it's like we're very emotional. So yeah. the one common denominator is men, mm -hmm. and everyone's able to relate. And it's almost like a comfort, comfortable type of thing. Yeah, know? like I'm not the only one. Right, right. It's like but a, a, a for. <laughs> <laughs> it's either about men or beauty, and hair. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. then after you, you're done dogging men or whatever, and you're like, oh, you're here. Right. Is that like, what is that? That's like a 4A yeah, to 27. Yeah, like, <laughs> that is popping. What, what products did you use? Like, yes. yeah, you're right. It's just, <laughs> it's just trans. And then, like with, with Alicia, now she's trying to, you know, take a dip into the, the wig side. So I've been here oh, all she? the time. Yeah, she's just been like interested. I'm like, I'm so happy I got someone to talk to wigs about. Yeah, like, let me tell you. Like, so whatever. So it just all goes back to what you say, Nushi. Like, if it's not men, it's beauty. <laughs> and then it's um, uh, fashion or something like that. Oh, yeah. Right. But then here we are. Women that are so much more than those things. But that ends up sometimes being what we end up and bonding that, And that's about. just my concern. Just the fact that we have so many other different things going on in our lives. So many different other things to talk about. And it's like brings it right back to men i honestly though i would say i try to be aware of how often i insert a man into a conversation mm -hmm. i just because because of the fact that there's so many other different things to talk about right yeah 
I agree. Anytime I have a conversation with a woman, I always think about her. Right. Like, what's important in her life? What is she doing as a business or educational aspect? Like, I never want to get to the men. Because once you get into the men, it can either go from hatred, complication, (laughs) or some form of thing where I'm just like, I don't really want to hear that sometimes. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And then it also makes me wonder, like, why are they not talking about us? Like, <laughs> how is it that <laughs> they do? They do talk about us, but right. I feel like not in the same capacity. Or no, not they to the don't. Extent that They're very limited. It. It's like they have their time. They talk their mess, but then they just get back into sports or they get back into like roasting people and all that right, crazy right, stuff. Right. Yeah. Okay. So this this just came to me because I remember my coworker told me there's this thing called the Bechdel test. Have you heard of it? No. It has to do with film. So here, here goes. This is Wikipedia. Shout out to you. Um, the, Bech- the Bechdel test asks whether a work of fiction features at least two women or two girls who talk to each other about something other than a man or a boy. This, requ- this is like research? Well, this, this is a, yeah, because okay. like, I don't know who came up with it. I, I'm reading it right now. Um, but the requirement is that there should be two women or girls must be... Uh, no, that doesn't matter. But the whole point is that this this test went through a bunch of like live action animated films and just you basically cross out which whichever movie has two women and they talk about something other than men in the movie. And you'd be surprised. <laughs> That's the only role women play in like a lot of movies and like animated films. Mm-hmm. I'm actually thinking about a movie. I don't know. Where what there's it two is. women and they actually have a conversation. Yeah, but there were like two best friends and they grew up to be older. And I guess like one one of them was actually prepared to die. Mm-hmm. And it's like they didn't talk about men. They were just talking about their friendship. I forgot who was the star. Oh, that would be very interesting. Yeah, it was um, one white and one black woman. I don't know who it was. I don't know if it was Julia Roberts or something like that. But it was one of those Lifetime movies. You oh, know? I wonder. It's not the TV show. What? I think it was a film that turned into a, um, a TV Lifetime show? movie. Yeah. Well, I'm unfamiliar. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> Typically, I, I have no idea. Yeah, but that test would be interesting if, we, like, you were we were to keep that in mind just going forward, watching some stuff. Like, we just always talk about men, yeah. right? And it's so funny because when you think about like three men or even four men in the film, sometimes they can go about like the whole movie without talking about it. Like, yeah. I'm thinking about like The Godfather, like you know, like those mafia films. Yeah, or sometimes yeah. those cop films. It's like they're not and talking you, about women at all. <laughs> I mean, that's true. Um, blanking. You said there's a, a mafia film. I'm, I'm forgetting too, but it's like the women are, are only talking about their husbands going out in the street and dealing mm-hmm. or doing and murdering right. whoever that they're murdering. Like the Departed, like a lot of like DiCaprio's films are sometimes just only him. Yeah. Denzel Washington, Training Day, you know? Yeah. But then you can never think about like a woman and like an authoritative um, figure just not talking about men, even with Scandal. <laughs> it's just like yeah she's in politics she's in white house but she has to be falling in love and doing something very deceitful hmm. you know yeah oh scandal yeah i love you though <laughs> okay um so the fact that chimamanda was re- really strong on you know not um being in alignment with with what beyonce had to say or her assertion of feminism um what do you guys think of her assertion of feminism because um she Chimamanda talked about like how um, how sexual she was with the release of that particular album, right. and um, yeah, how she often talks about like not needing a man and all those different things. So, what do you think about her? I mean, yeah, what do you think about her assertion of, of feminism, her idea of feminism? 
I think her feminism is, I think it's probably the definition of feminism, but. Beyonce? Huh? Beyonce? No, not Beyonce. Oh. I thought we were talking about oh, the Beyonce. author. Sometimes I feel like she does that because of like what's going on in the world because she wasn't like this years ago. What do you so mean? I think she's taking more of a political stance in her music. Like for example, like in Crazy in Love and Deja Vu is more fun. And then she basically transitioned into the black power, women matter, women are strong. Mm-hmm. And I kind of see it as like a money move mm-hmm. at the same time because she's a one woman. So if she emphasizes it more, then she's going to get a lot of women and also like people of the LGBT community that are like really big fans of her. Hmm. Uh, what about you, Kadesha? Um, I think, so when she first presented herself to us this way, I was a little like, whoa. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. She was like, what? I have to get the clean version of this album. Right, right. right. I just wasn't ready. And then when I played the explicit, she was like, what? Right. This is what she says? <laughs> I was taken all the way aback. Um, I I think I'm still even trying to like uh, iron out my my personal definition of feminism. So I can't completely say that I agree or disagree with what she's doing. Um, I had a little bit of difficulty with accepting all this, um, all, all, all of her body that was all over this <laughs> freaking album and as open as she was about her sexuality initially it was difficult for me but I will say I think that because of Beyonce I've grown a little bit more comfortable with myself as a female and um like her album came out right before my 25th birthday remember and I did chair dancing as a result yeah I feel like (laughs) as a result of Beyonce like I was channeling my inner Beyonce through that okay and through just like trying to work out and get my body to be tighter Beyonce song Yes, we did. Oh, did we? We did partition, girl. Oh, we did. We did. Okay, because I was just remembering um the tra- the Tamar song. Yeah, we did partition. Yeah, of course that I had to do fun. partition. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, wasn't even sure if I wanted to do partition because everyone views me in this particular light, and it was just like <laughs> Kadesha. Yes. <laughs> oh man, that's so true. Yeah, memories. <laughs> I was playing the video today. You what? Yeah, I was playing the video. Oh, today. it makes sense then. Yeah. Oh, okay. So for me, um, I feel, I still feel Beyonce's feminism really caters to the male gaze at times, most times, Absolutely, and yeah. also to non-black people. I would say to white people too. Absolutely. Like she's, I don't feel like she's really doing things or not all the times that she does things for us as much as it's for educating or bringing awareness or just being away to get white people to ruffle their feathers hmm. and then like i said i do feel with her body of work i get it but it's too still for the male gaze it's super super sensual or whatever yeah, or sexual i didn't right. mean to say sensual it's come it, it is blow right yeah. right come on and um was, let me say this what is that oh that's my that's my song i know i played it yesterday that's actually rocket while I, right while i was um crafting the script i just played the album because i was just like let me just channel Beyonce. i'm going through this and yeah I, I was listening to that and i was thinking about how you told me the real the real words yeah the song, was I was like, like man there be sometimes you scroll on instagram and you just see a dude and you, I just you know hear that's, the song. that's always a cue for you yeah if you, you know that rocket, right? no. you, you that song rocket right no you didn't listen to the album no <gasps> Wow. I'm sorry. I know okay. I'm not a Beyonce so, stan. Anymore. No, that's fine. I'm not a Beyonce stan either, but I definitely. I just turned my heart a little I bit. I ended up liking Beyonce more, actually, with the self titled album and like Lemonade. That was crazy, though, because remember, you started liking her more, and I was like, oh, Beyonce's making me feel funny. Because now, well, it was that was that's just what's interesting, because I wasn't really in, um, into her before, but was it with the 
I am Sasha Fierce album, I feel like, mm-hmm. and four, and then that's when I started liking her because then I felt that she was not being the cookie cutter artist that like everybody wanted her to be. When whatever. those two came out. Yeah, I okay. felt I could. I felt like oh, she's starting to like shift. Like there's something yeah, happening here. Right. But so, because you can see the evolution through those albums, you can see the evolution because when she came out with Beyonce, it was yeah. like I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> and I was all for this. Like yes, Rocket. Let me let me do that. Just I just hear Rocket every time I look at him. Like that would be awesome. <laughs> Until then. Oh gosh, and that's a good thing if she if she hits Rocket. Like, yeah, oh, okay. but yeah, I feel like I mean we we don't know her personally, but I feel like her feminism is a little bit on the surface for me because she also doesn't talk right like she doesn't do interviews you know she just just dances yeah well (laughs) she just dances and sings and stuff right you know leans back on off tables pregnant with twins and that's why i kind of think it's a little bit (laughs) contrived because i'm just like the last time she did an interview i think she was talking about how she was vegan in good morning america like she made everyone wait just for her to say that i'm a vegan oh this sounds familiar yeah and she just like disappeared and i was like really yeah, it'll really? it'll be dope <laughs> if she actually did some interviews that she can elaborate on this feminist stance yeah, we're saying that she has right. taken yeah. with the last I didn't couple hours. When the last time she did an interview yeah. somewhere? But honestly, I don't really like her in interviews. Like I've always said, I've said this for a long time. As much as I've loved Beyonce for like the majority of my life, I've always said that not always, but for a very long time, I've said that um she's like a celebrity who I wouldn't be dying to meet. As much as I adore her, because I just feel like her personality is it's a little boring. What? Right, and she seems like someone that likes to do a lot of premeditation when it comes she to interviews. She gets coached, yeah. Like, even when, um, I remember the 2021, the one that she was pregnant and allegedly, like, um, oh, it her folded, belly, yeah. like, folded. Oh, right. A lot of the questions was basically basic. It was about your album, you know? It wasn't something where it was, like, shocking, like the yeah. Bill Clinton interviews or, like, the interviews with Kardashians where they asked some things and yeah. they right. don't know how to answer, you know? Yeah, that's probably her doing, though. Of course. Yeah. yeah. She's, she's in control of a lot of the things that happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, sorry, B. I love you, but Ari. Huh? I said, Ari, sorry. Oh, I sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to ask if there was anything wrong with being a feminist, but I think we touched on that. Did no, you can you can elaborate because if you two don't identify as feminist, so I think you guys should elaborate on if there's something wrong with it. Well. From my experience, anytime I've encountered a feminist, and I went to an all-girl um, college for a year, and I also wow. went to an all-girl high school. What school was that? Um, Stella Maris in Rockaway, and then for the all-girl um, college, St. Joseph's University okay. in Connecticut. Okay. And Only were, for a year. Yeah, no, I couldn't make it. Yeah. It uh, felt girl, like a, it felt like a woman prison. Like, why would you consider? <laughs> you know what? I got a scholarship. Okay. Well, hello. Yeah. That's yeah. enough to consider. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't live without New York. But um, being around feminists, sometimes they're very like radical in their attitudes, yeah. and it's hard to have like effective discussions with them. So a lot of times they would like remind me of like PETA, like you know with <laughs> fur, you know, it's just like no, it's just yeah, not it and stuff. yeah. And I'm just like yeah, no, I don't want to be like with you guys. Yeah, it's crazy. Like they would flip out if someone referred to a girl as a police um, man or like a male man and stuff, and they would protest. Oh, and I'm boy. just like yeah, I'm not about that life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I, th- I think it's the same for me, like, just the extremity of feminism. And also, uh, yeah, th- I think that's the issue, is just how extreme it can be. But also, you can have extremes in any in any realm. Like and That's yeah, exactly where I, feel, I was feeling going. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm about to make a reach. Yeah, but, but no, you can, because, like, even thinking about the whole black power thing, like, I remember when I first tapped into um, my African-American history in college, I was just like, wow, this is great. Like, this is really intriguing. I kept reading about it. And then I read Asada. And when I tell you the hatred that was stirring up inside of me 
for white people. It was so very uh-huh. real, so prevalent. I remember leaving the library one day like, if my skin was light enough, I would have been bright red, just angry walking across <laughs> campus. And I'm like, and I looked around, and I'm like, there's only one of me and a million and one of y'all, but I'm so angry. So yeah. I just think it's just, yeah, just the extremity piece. And it, you can be extreme in any. Yeah, and that's what was going on because then we can see radical or fanatic Christians, but we still say we're Christian. So if you see radical true. and fanatic feminism, feminists, but you're like, no, I'm not a feminist because that's not what I, I don't align myself with that. And that's why you have to, like you did, you have to define it for yourself. Yeah. Right. And it's yeah. just, I don't know if I was reaching, but that's well, that was what good. I was thinking I'm glad from. you, I'm glad you did that for me because I needed that. Because <laughs> I mean, we see them. We see radical Christians. I know. Experienced that's, firsthand. That's, that's why it was yeah. real for me. Um, <laughs> but I've also experienced a firsthand, like super radical, I don't know, if, a pro-life people. And I was just like. I was in between health insurance, so I went to a doctor, uh, and there were people outside. Like, don't kill your baby. I'm like, you don't even know what I'm doing here. (laughs) You don't even know what I'm doing. You're not coming with me to the visit. Like, I'm just, you know, I'm in between insurance. I'm trying to do what I got to do. And I was like, damn, yo, (laughs) you scaring people away that they're just trying to get by. That's so funny. Yeah. So, um, oh, Okay. This is great, Kanesha. You you can elaborate on this more, but then Nishki we're gonna ask you too. When did you feel a sense of comfort? Wait, no, wait, how you? We because we did those. Oh no, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I messed up. Go, Kanesha. I thought we did that. <laughs> no, it's your turn, but you don't want to oh, do that one. No, okay, fine. So, is there anything wrong with uh, women being sensual in the public eye? And that just yeah, it goes off the whole Beyonce thing. Yeah. You want to start? You can start. No, 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 I'm going to get start. Okay. <laughs> start. Are you sensual in the public eye? Sensual in what sense? You like, can define it. Right. Because when I think about sensual, I think about like body positivity and stuff like that and just being like very self-confident. Um, That's what I think. Is that right? So, so what does body positivity look like for you? Mm, respecting one's body. Um, not critiquing other women like I'm that type of girl that I will openly tell a woman like listen you're very beautiful you're very pretty and just walk away it's not because I go the other side it's because I want women to understand like listen you have your own unique beauty and you need to find it because I sometimes feel like when you're around like women you're just sometimes in a defensive you don't know her and you're just looking at her and it's just like come on you know she's beautiful just say that she's beautiful and then sometimes they open up Mm -hmm. so that's my idea yeah that's good because I know sometimes like a female might be looking at me and in my mind I'm like what's she looking at like why is she looking at me (laughs) and then she and so immediately like I'm guarded to have an attitude and then she might come to me and be like you know what you're really pretty and I'm just like then she melts (laughs) melts into the floor (laughs) cannot um you want to go um is there anything wrong with being central in the public eye nope i don't i don't think so i do i do think it makes people uncomfortable how much a woman can i'm without being uh narcissistic but can be like into herself and know that like She's popping. Like, she's wearing this dress that she knows fits her in all the right places. And, like, you get, you get a problem with her <laughs> right. because she's, like, walking down the street like she's in the Amory video or something like that. You know? Like, right. you can totally... I'm for it. Yeah. I'm for it. I have my days. I think I I can be honest and say that I am uncomfortable with it. But with I, other we, women being central? Yeah. Um, but I don't think there's... A, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I'm just trying to grow and being comfortable with it. Because, like, like you said, like, I can see a female walking down the street and, like... 
a mini a mini dress and it's fitting super tight and I'm silently judging her like why you did that where you going <laughs> you know but at the same time like you could catch me if I'm going out at night I'd probably wear a similar dress you know what I mean right, right it doesn't right, even right. have to be that kind of dress you could have a nice flowy dress that right. you know with you're strutting right and there's a light breeze and then you're <laughs> ready to twirl or something while you're waiting across the street hello oh, that happens to me the other day Sometimes it's really nice. Yeah. No, I'm totally for all like central. I there is that borderline then between central and, and like sexual. sexual. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole different thing. Right. But I don't. There's nothing wrong with sensuality and public eye. The reason why I put that question there is because just to go back to Beyonce and how she presented herself in that in that album, um, like I was really struggling with that. Like, just why are you why are you taking your clothes off? Why are you showing so much? How does Jay Z feel about that? You know. So. Oh, she bringing home the money. Well, she yeah. is, and and at the bottom line is she goes home to him at night, right? That is true. He gets the VIP. Shrugging. <laughs> we don't know who they go home to. Well, you are absolutely right. <laughs> right. Really, none of my business. I but don't. you know, I'm just projecting. Okay. If they're saved, they go home to each other at night. <laughs> um. So, would you be present yourself as sensual in the public eye? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, though, though I have been also, um, well, before, kind of struggling with that because I understand that there's a perception of me that is similar to how people perceive you, too. And just that, like, you're a goody two-shoes type of girl yeah. who, like, doesn't do anything right. or whatever. <laughs> so the moment you do speak out in ways that could contradict that for people, for the idea that they have of you, mm-hmm. it's like, ugh. It may be just easier if I just like close all this up right. and then I don't have and to deal stay with how they yeah. perceive me. To but be. then like as I'm getting older and understanding, I'm just like, screw it. Like I gotta be able to enjoy every part of myself and like I like it. And I'm not really being offensive to anybody or anything. Right. So yeah, I mean I if they are offended, okay. Right. <laughs> I mean, there's no reason why me being central should offend you though. Mm. As a it just none. Yeah. And this is also like your good body years, you know? That's yeah. what I was thinking too. Yeah. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. I'm like twenty eight. <laughs> no, is my coming. good body years are gonna be lasting though. This is just the beginning. <laughs> because like you don't wanna Check be like out. um how certain mothers or certain Speaking aunties, they'd be like, Yo, you see this picture? And they show you that <laughs> one good picture and they're like, Man, I wish I took more pictures, you know? And now nah, my 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 good year body's gonna be lasting. You know, I'm speaking it. <laughs> right. I hear that. Yeah. You better speak that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um I no, I don't think there's anything wrong with being central. And I think especially because I'm, like I said before, I'm growing more comfortable in this thing. And I think since hitting 25, like, I've just learned to be a little bit more comfortable. Right. And there's nothing, like, and I feel like people have embraced it. People have kind of been, like, applauding me, like, whoa, you're not who we thought you were. Yeah. But we, you, you still kind of are that person, but I see what you're doing. Right. Yeah, and I'm not yeah. doing it for the applause. I'm just doing it because... I like me. I like my body. And I like to just, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, be a definitely. female. I, I really enjoy being a female. I agree because this actually Most reminds so. me of like my Instagram page <laughs> mm-hmm. like I'm literally just like feeling myself in hey. every single picture and I after a while I was just like you know what I'm being very conceited but then like I received like emotional letters from people where they're just like you know I'm so used to seeing black women like either held to this it's either like an amber rose hmm. or an Oprah but she but then the person was like but I see you and I see how normal and I see how much you're accomplishing that makes me feel good so when I see messages like that I'm like this crazy because not a lot of young black women have like people to look towards when it comes to like education being normal right right you just always see the provocative side or Michelle Obama and since you say that that speaks to um Issa Rae 
and her insecure show. It's like just what like black girls needed Wonderful. that are not oh, like for sure. the Instagram model and are not like Michelle Obama. You're like, where do I fit right. in? And like yeah. that was really, you're, really you're dope. You're normal and that's okay. And too. awkward. Yeah, and awkward. And you're gonna fumble through a lot of right. things. And it's like that. And I feel just, like we all have pieces of that. Yeah, and to access that normalcy is, is totally, totally cool. Yeah. I um saw people who were getting at Amber Rose a bit because she does her like slut work slut walk thing. She bothers me. And honestly. she's a feminism. However, it's like you you were calling yourself like a feminism and supposed to be supporting like sluts and hoes or whatever and then people are like but you're gonna open or own a strip club what was it in LA she's yeah, in LA. Really? Diamonds. yeah with yeah. that's a whole like legal thing and I was like but like we're talking about Amber Rose right. still at the end of the day right. you can uh applaud her for her strip walk but why are you surprised that she's going to own a strip club yeah but that's why she bothers me. But she right. could be her own form of feminism, and she could say, "Well, she's You're providing, right. you know, employment opportunities for, for women. women. So you don't got to go sell your body per se, okay. one way. <laughs> but you can, you know, get this workout popping on a pole, and you know, and you wouldn't be selling it that way. That's Not her form of feminism. Right. No one has to subscribe we all, to. We all define it for ourselves. Right? I just feel like that's another example of a money move. Yeah, that of course. She's trying to do, of course. Yeah, but she's. Getting sued from like because of the name, yeah, yeah, oh, which was well, kind duh, of a bad hello. thing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on. She thought people just owned the club and not the name. Who? So, <laughs> who's on her team? Somebody, probably her cousin or somebody, okay. <laughs> someone that likes to Google. And probably it. so, but you know what? What is? <clears throat> yeah. Um. So you got it, Kadesha. So, ladies, when did you feel a sense of comfortability in your womanhood? Honestly, um. Last year. Hmm. Whoa. Yeah. What happened? It was like recent. You know why? Because I um, come from like a traditional Caribbean family. I understand. Where it's like. Where's your family from? Haiti. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. So we're taught to keep everything modest. And also I think just coming from that Catholic school where like you always felt limited as a woman. Mm -hmm. And then you would see guys like be able to wear their uniform like this. But then women, it was always like we had to look basic. But last year, I think, like, just being single and just taking the time to really understand, like, my beauty. Like, Were you in a relationship before? And this was, like, Yeah. A, okay. So this was just, like, your first um, break in, like, a while being single and, like, kind of just defining, like, who you are as a person? Not per se. It was actually the first time where I was forcing myself to be single. I was like, no, I'm going to really have to be single and I'm going to work out. I'm going to get my A's and I'm going to find out what I did wrong in this relationship just as what he did wrong. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to have to fix myself because I can't say that I want a certain standard, but I'm not increasing mine. Okay. So it was like kind of like a mental boot camp and I was able to realize like my beauty. And it was kind of like an emotional type of like a momental type of thing because I didn't have to pay for that. I didn't oh. have to read a book. You know, there would just be times that I would just dress like in a skirt and wrap my hair. And I just felt wonderful. Yeah. You had yeah. like a head wrap? Huh? Like yeah. Head wrap. That head and wrap will get you. Yeah. That, no, what? It will. And then sometimes, you know, I go hey, outside. Hey, princess. <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> you go outside and like, um, what you call that place? Um, Near Conway in Jamaica Avenue. Just walk <laughs> like that. And people no. just be like, oh, my God, you look good. <laughs> but then anytime I would like be like really fancy and stuff all you would hear was crickets so I realized I was like yo when I act like myself I get a lot of attention from great men yeah you know instead of me like forcing it like oh I gotta look good yeah, and yeah. stuff like that yeah understood so for me I would say um I started getting real, real comfortable in my womanhood like senior year-ish of college 
I could attribute Tumblr to a lot of things because then I was starting to see, like you, I come from a West Indian background and I'm Catholic. I didn't go to Catholic school though. So I felt just a lot of guilt in like everything mm. I was trying to do and like who I am. And I have to, I was still very present in my church. So I felt like I had to stay within this box of what everybody <laughs> perceived me to be. And so with the help of Tumblr, like, starting to understand feminism, starting to understand body positivity and learning about like carefree black girl and black girl magic, all that sort of stuff. I'm like, oh, this is wonderful. This is like a wonderful life to to, to have and experience. And like, oh, I got to do this all the time. So I would say like, how old would I be there? Like 22, 23? And um, unlike you though, I did a lot of reading of self-help books and like self-improvement things. And I think all of that just helped me to become real comfortable in my, my womanhood. Mm -hmm. it's been interesting and then also like I had friends at that time that I could talk to about uh, let's see intimate encounters I would say that (laughs) so that helped too so I feel like the only one like is this what everybody experiences or like happens or stuff like that just having uh, someone to relate to yeah definitely yeah Kadisha this is probably the third time that I'm saying this, but I would say it was around the time I turned 25 <laughs> that I... I mean, because you... Chair dancing. Like, how did we get there? It was a chair dancing. It was a dress that I wore that How did <laughs> that you birthday. get to that point? Um, That's a good question. I, I really don't know how I got to that point. I remember that year, like, I was really working on my body. Going to... Remember, we, we were going to the gym heavy that yeah. year. I wasn't working on my body in the way I thought I was. But yeah. I was really working on my body, and I, I had the idea that I wanted to have a Beyonce body by my birthday. And so I felt like I'm going to show up this Beyonce body, even though my body didn't really change at the time. But in my mind, I looked good. The dress looked good. And I I don't know what it – I don't really completely know what it was, but something within me just felt like I feel good. Like I feel good as a woman. I mean, it was and the I Beyonce just, album. Huh? I'm feeling like it, it might was, have been the album. Because, I mean, for you, you had two albums. You had the Beyonce album and you had Tamar's album. I did. And I think really maybe between both of those it things. It might have been, yeah. Because she talked about being the prettiest girl in the world. Yeah. <laughs> and she had, yeah, all her songs that she had on that was pretty good. Right. But I remember you playing those two albums heavy. What? You're right. Yeah. So it, it probably had a lot to do with the music. And then even like beyond just that 25 mark, like just thinking about the guy who I was talking to, um, like after I turned 25, yeah. I think I think he had a lot to do with it too. And I don't really like to attribute guys to stuff like that. But I, I, I think that, um, I honestly will say, I think that he helped me to grow comfortable in my body. Mm-hmm. And and I realized that I could be comfortable aside from him telling me that. But you know, that's crazy because like dudes can do that to you. Despite how the overall like experience could be, right? you can acknowledge that by like uh, dating a guy that you've gain some sort of self-confidence from that yeah because it's like oh i don't want to say it's like oh well, he likes me so like i must be whatever but right. like he things that you are insecure about and like super like hyper aware of he could be like i didn't even notice that yeah yeah, yeah. he just peeled no back some layers yeah and, yeah i'm grateful i'm i always say i'm grateful for that experience i'm happy that it's done but <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah um so we're reaching the end and it's quote time oh i didn't even choose one <laughs> I will choose one now. Um, so this is obviously a quote from Chimamanda because I just feel like she's great and this is perfect. Um, I have chosen to no longer be apologetic for my femaleness and my femininity. And I want to be respected in all of my femaleness because I deserve to be. Amen. <laughs> Deep. Mm-hmm. Poetic snaps. 
Okay, so Nushki, I know you, uh, at the beginning of the episode, you told people a little bit about like what you do, but now can you let everybody know how they can find you on the internet and maybe if they want to reach out to you, what's the best way they can do so? Okay, so you can find me at Breaking Denman Brushes on Instagram and you can actually through there, you can go through my blog and also on Twitter at Breaking Denman B. Twitter, Twitter was messing up your name. Not enough. Too many characters. Was that what was happening? Yeah. Yeah. How does that too? It was going to be like Breaking Dead and Brew. And I was like, <laughs> nah, we're not brewing anything. Okay. I read one of your articles and it was really good. Oh, thank we'll you. talk about it later. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, if anybody wants to connect with us, you know, you can <laughs> go to our website, wecomefromqueens.com. You can hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at wecomefromqueens. Queens is spelled Q N S. You can listen to us through SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. You should subscribe. You know what's interesting? I, people have been talking about this whole reviewing things. I guess if you want to review us, you should not be subscribed to us first and oh, then really? subscribe to us. Like, it's weird. Um, mm. But, you know, subscribe, rate, comment, all that stuff. You can give us feedback on the episodes. But before um, we end this, uh, it's time to let you guys know that we are planning a live event show for Saturday, June 17th. Our birthday! Yeah, it's going to be the podcast birthday, and this also falls in between both of our birthdays. So it's going to be a lot of celebrating happening. Um, So save the dates. We have our friends Marcus and Rel from the Akira Podcast. They're going to be hosting. We're going to have podcast friends, blogger friends. Can they come? I mean, of course you can come. Um, (laughs) Definitely. So we're going to be starting to send out some invites and save the dates and a whole bunch of things like that. And uh, we got a lot of goodies uh, coming that way. So make sure you're connected with us on social media. And as always, first, I would like to thank Preach, a.k.a. Morris Chestnut, for um, allowing us to record here. He can't hear you. <laughs> um, because he can't. That's funny. <laughs> and uh, thanks, guys. Uh, until next time. Ciao. Bye. Say bye. Say bye. bye. <laughs>